there's that interview where Nick Cage says he doesn't know where his Oscar is. I think we know. I think the committee came round and revoked it. No, stop it. We're going to talk about this one. And this. This is a great one. Butt wipe of a film here, then. Stop here. You, you were telling me you didn't enjoy Primal. From the same director of Outcast, the writing should have been on the wall. <laughs> I, don't, I think it's just I went into this kind of knowing what I was going to get out of it. I went into this with no qualms of knowing this was going to be fucking horrible, but in such a great way. Yeah, same. I just couldn't, I just didn't want to spend any time with Nick. I'm fucking sick of spending time with Nick Cage. I'm so sick of his stupid face. When he turns in a stupid performance like this, it just makes me angry now. Oh my God. Yeah, I I get that, Ben, but there's there's only one film left after this. I know, and that's what sucks. I know we're... It's going to leave such a sour taste at the end. I know we're so close <laughs> to the end, and I thought that this end section would be just like riding on high. I thought this would be the easy part. I thought we'd see the finish line, and it'd be great, and we'd glide through, but like... There's no there's no victory laps here, mate. Oh, I'm so sick. It's, this is all work. <laughs> uh, but, uh, listen, we've got a job to do. Look, Ben, we, we promised that we were going to do this to absolutely no one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we might as well finish it. Yeah. I never make a promise I can't keep. <laughs> Let, let's start on, on day 96. Yeah. <laughs> 2019's film, Primal. I mean, let, let's, let's be real. Off the back of this is what Nick has got the Joe Exotic role I've off of. I had that exact same thought and wrote that exact same note. And yeah, it's evident in those first 30 minutes. He's gone full on... I, we, we know that Nick Cage is a method man, and I would not be surprised. Granted, he had a super busy schedule around this film and the year before, and the year before that, in fact. So perhaps I'm overstating. But I wouldn't be surprised if he'd done some research into Joe Exotic the Tiger King as made famous by the recent Netflix series and he'd really lent into that character because yeah it's it's the spit of him isn't it it's just ridiculous like don't get me wrong I enjoyed this film a lot but it, it is fucking rubbish yes it's... you know what I mean it's, it, this is what really got me so this film the script for this was uh, picked out in 1995 and it's taken over 22 years to make to get it made and this is what we got so imagine in 1995 Ugh. Cage was making things like Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock. Imagine if he had done it back when he could act. Oh, uh, mate. <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if he pulled in one of those. Imagine if he pulled in, like, his kind of uh, his kind of face-off performance in this. Right, a cast of Troy. Imagine if he pulled off, like, the, 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 the Rock in this. Imagine if this was one of Cage's big performances, because this film is fucking hilarious. Like, you know what I mean? The film itself is terrible, but the whole the whole premise of this, the whole concept, is utterly hilarious. Let's let's talk about what happens during the action of this film. Uh, Fucking gladly. This yeah. is well, you can probably, you can take the lead. On paper, this is my favourite film to date. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. But this this is a classic Nick Cage gets pitched the one two sentence long synopsis of a film and goes, Yes, 
Don't tell me any more. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, I want to be as surprised as the audience <laughs> as I'm acting it. Because completely right, on paper, the one-line synopsis of this is hilarious, but then sure enough, that stretched over 90, 100 minutes or so, it doesn't really play out the same way, it turns out. I, to be fair, how did you think this was going to end? Uh, how did I think this was going to end? I thought it was pretty much how it did. I did not think that Nick Cage was going to have the baddie mauled to death. I did not think the body count was going to be that high in this. Yeah, Everyone I didn't think it was going to be quite as gruesome. Everyone dies in this. It's a, there's a lot of deaths, yeah. I think there's like four people survive in the end out of everyone on the ship. Yeah, yeah. It's The body count is outrageous. Uh, but yeah, it went pretty much where I thought it was going to go. So let's, let, let's, let's quickly go through this. So yes. Tell us Nick how Cage opened. plays a guy called Frank and he is out in the Brazilian jungle. How many times has Nick Cage played a fucking guy called Frank? Uh, do you want a natural answer on that? Yeah. Well, you're going to have to wait because I don't, I don't have that statistic. I was hoping I'd know. Uh, I thought you had it to hand. <laughs> but yeah, so many times. Like, he's a Frank or a Joe. Like, it's a coin toss, really, isn't it? I know he's done Joe at least six times. Yeah. I, re- I read about that. But um... They're just classic everyman names for films like from 2012 <laughs> well, I think the fact that we had Frank back in a score to settle didn't help. Right. <laughs> Which is only like four films ago. Right. God. But look. Frank is out in the Brazilian jungle and he is a big game hunter and he chances upon a once in a lifetime opportunity and he discovers a white jaguar. I don't know if this is a real animal at this point, by the way, but it's some sort of a weird anomaly or something that maybe could happen. Who knows? It's really rare. He reckons he can sell it for a whole load of money. Cage is invested. He catches the animal and he's already celebrating. He's like, right. My only way back, because I don't actually have any permits to do any of this hunting, because it's classic cage, has to take this weird container ship back, which we then find out as he's loading on all of his cargo, which is all of these kind of endangered animals, is also how they're going to transfer this deadly assassin, ex-military turned NSA double agent, who's essentially played by Elon Musk. Yep. Amazing. Which is just, and it's just completely ridiculous. And obviously he escapes in some weird Hannibal Lecter-esque ploy to get out of this cage and then it basically turns into Die Hard on a boat yeah more or less and that's basically the whole film is, they set uh, all of that up in 30 minutes and then the next hour is just watching it slowly unwind and a series of seemingly fetch quests for the characters that no one gives a fuck or a shit about oh come on you really telling me you didn't give a single fuck about Freed or Scuddy? Yeah, I mean, Scuddy is my homie. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I got I got love for Scuddy and Scuddy's assistant who got the most unceremoniously, most undeserved death of the whole thing. Oh, God, yeah. Was, was, was he the one... Who's the one that gets his face ripped off by the monkeys? Oh, yeah, the guy that looks like Tom Araya from Slayer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know his <laughs> name, unfortunately, but yeah, absolutely savage. Yeah, that was that was a real moment. Um, yeah, I, I just think this is just a... I would have watched this if it was on the telly, you know what I mean? If I if I caught the first 10 minutes of this, there's no way I was going to right. turn it off. It was made for that, wasn't but, it? But I just think we need to admit what this is. This is never going to be a cinema release, was it? No, of course, of course. This is a straight-to-Netflix special. Can you spoil me a bit early? Can you let me know how... Give me some stats on this. Give me some numbers. You really want the numbers? If you've got them, I'd, I'd love to hear them, because like you said, this... I'll, a... I'll tell you right now, mate, this is 9 million in. Yeah, that makes a 
that makes sense to it me. Just, it was higher than I thought it was going to be. I guess one of the main antagonists in this is a big CGI panther, which looks pretty good. Credit where it's due. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had nine grand to spend, I would have got someone other than that fucking Elon Musk guy. Yeah, or nine million. Because he... I can't put into words how much he's the guy that ruins the film. Right, because he's just going out of the that prime era Nick Cage handbook. He seems to be like, oh, Cage is here. I'm going to act exactly like Cage. Used but to. He, he seems like he's mocking Cage in the way that he has. I mean, the audacity of that is quite respectable to do it right to his face, an impression so brazen, but... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't work out if it was really disrespectful or kind of like, fuck yeah, that's what you get. Um, so nine million in though, Ben. What would you take out from this? Oh, this did probably... I think this actually did okay. I would guess, I say okay, that's not a good number, but 80,000. Nine million's more than we've had in, in a will. You're saying 80,000? $80, I $80,000 is what they've made, the worldwide gross on this. I'll tell you what, mate, 96 days in. Uh, we, 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 we've really narrowed this down. We're really professionals at this point. This came out at 84,000. Really? Oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. We, we know what we're doing here. It's a professional podcast run by professional people. Yeah. that's <laughs> that. I hate myself so much for being able to pinpoint that. That's <laughs> such a useless skill I've developed over this 96-day <laughs> period. Oh, God. I, I just... There, there's so many... I was about to say fascinating characters in this, and there isn't. But I, I found it completely, like... I, I would watch this again. If, if, if this was on TV, I'd never turn it off. It's just so... Much like all of these films, though, the first... Credit where it's due. The first 30 minutes, I was having a pretty good time with. They get the action, they get right to it. Nick Cage's character is, like, irritating but engaging enough. I mean, his intro on screen was great. It's this slow panning shot that comes from the very base of this big tree that he set up a campsite at the beginning of, pans up past his shoes, you see just like his big gut on display poking out over his belt, <laughs> his sweaty stomach, he's smoking this fat cigar and actually eating something out of a bucket. Yeah, it, it's what... The first 20 minutes of this, I can tell you the moment that I started getting annoyed with the characters because it's... um, Cage seems like he might actually play somewhat of a good role in this when he's in the jungle and it's when they get to the ship and this Elon Musk fuckboy arrives and then it just it just goes to shit but as soon as he seems to get one scene Cage just seems to be like well I can outdo that right and it's it almost a- seems like a battle between them for who can ruin the film more oh you're com- that's the perfect thing that they are just in competition constantly and even in scenes when they're not together the tone has been set yeah. we can assume they shot this film chronologically by that logic and that, that is yeah exactly what happens here uh, one of the main notes I made that the parrot is probably the best character of this whole this entire thing uh, the fact they managed to use a parrot to drive home some of the story is unbelievable yeah outrageous I, I mean couldn't get over one that. of the stronger scenes certainly is Nick Cade screaming are you kidding me man at a parrot which is pretty good <laughs> he gets the parrot to perform all sorts of tricks for him at some point he I mean there's some oh, just Cade is so annoying in this like just annoying is the only word I have for it, man. I'm really trying not to be too negative because I don't think that's particularly good listening, but I've got to speak my truth. He just wound me up so much in this. I can't understand how it's possible to win an Oscar for being able to act very realistically as a drunk, to have everyone praise you on your acting ability for being able to do so, since then be cast in many films that require you to act drunk and fuck it up every time I know the drunk acting in this it's fucking abysmal I, I don't know if it's possible to have someone stripped of an Oscar 
but I'm starting to think that it's maybe that's the way that we need to start tackling this. There's that interview where Nick Cade says he doesn't know where his Oscar is. I think we know. I think the committee came round and revoked it. Yeah. <laughs> no one just, oh, I think I've misplaced my Oscar. Bullshit, Nick. Who misplaces an Oscar? If you're an actor, you don't misplace an Oscar. Yeah, I call it bullshit there, man. You know exactly where it is, and it's back at Oscar HQ. Yeah. They got given to someone else immediately. Was there any good actors in this film? I'll tell you who I didn't hate, and I felt like we got a really bum deal in this. The main guy from the... Are they special forces or something? Or FBI, police, or whoever they are? The leader of yeah, the special... Yeah, the guy he, who's like trying to take over, and everyone just... No one listens to him. I know, the disrespect. And he even has that line, it's like, you don't have to like me, you don't even have to respect me, but I'm in charge and you have to listen to me. And Cage just literally just walks off and just does his own thing. Yeah. And literally, so many people get killed because no one listens to him. I know. And it's just like, this guy. And then he gets the most unceremonious of all deaths. He's a main character. And within five seconds, he just goes around the corner and just gets shot to death. And that's the yeah. end of him. No build-up. So disappointing. Like, oh, right, he's just gone. I think he quit. Yeah. I think he, he I think must have quit right. midway through. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, we need a new ending. he was meant to be the hero all along so I'm getting a lot from this that you really enjoyed Cage's performance oh god I wonder if you'd like to take a moment to to be nice to Nicky (sighs) maybe take a few more moments Uh, and we'll silently be nice to Nicky the (laughs) um (laughs) The <laughs> the the we, there's a bit where <laughs> no there's a bit where he and we know that Nick does uh, he, he's spent a lot of time with animals and there's a bit where he has to herd a tapir into its cage again oh that's what that animal was I'm pretty sure he did that that. yeah I I couldn't work out if that was CGI or real at that point no neither but we've seen this man try and act with CGI in the past and I but but his his acting alongside animals is much more convincing alongside his acting with CGI as made evident by his parrot throughout this where he gets it to perform a series of tricks uh, granted, it's a two-shot going between them, so we have no evidence whether Nick Cage is actually getting the parrot to do that or not. But still, his performance as the character Joe making the parrot perform all these things, like putting its wings up because it thinks it's being aimed at and saying it's got to go, I thought was convincing. The man acts well alongside animals, and yet again we see him fiercely grab his... Try again. Fearlessly grab his snake at the end of this. Not really fearlessly. I mean, he stamps on it first after telling people to not move. He just seems to... They seem to be trying to stamp on this snake. And he's like, no, stop that. And he comes over and just stamps on it himself. I've got to save the day. Yeah. How dare you stamp on this snake? I'm going to make money from it. He really does play a bastard in this. Um, he I, does. I, like, I know he was in the jungle for 10 months, but he, he clearly left his manners there. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I would like to, on to off the back of him being in the jungle for that long I'd love to be nice to Nicky and just in, getting into the role of character is the sheer kind of arrogance that he displays or maybe confidence that he's hunting one of the rarest animals he's ever known who is known I know you know much about jaguars but they are known to have this incredible sense of smell like to the point where you couldn't get close to one as a human it just wouldn't happen they would sense so, you yeah 
especially when you're smoking a cigar. A fatty cigar. Probably haven't yeah. showered in 10 months. He looked like he fucking reeked. He oh looked like he God, smelled I've worse than the film. i thought about that. Yeah, and then he the looked... fact that he's literally just smoking a cigar, acting like he's got the fucking one over on the, on this animal. And then there's the bit that really backed up for me. He's chatting to, the, is it the boy called Rafi? And he's asking about um, with whether the jaguar would hunt like a man. And he's like, only tigers and polar bears will hunt and kill men. And um, I did a little bit of research into this. Cause I was like, that sounds like utter bollocks to me. Uh, leopards and hyenas also will. And I mean, to be honest, his whole job in this is is a hunter. He's a big game hunter. How little does this guy know about hunting and just chances it? He just absolutely chances his way into getting this absolute catch. Dan, I'm about to call you the fuck out because I know for a fact you just read that off IMDb. Yeah, of course I did. Un. Unbelievable. You're here talking about your favourite film in the world, Primal, starring Nick Cage as the titular <laughs> character Primal, Joe. And you're here quoting off of To My Face Through the Internet, IMDb. That is shameful. Mate, that is unacceptable. Nearly 100 days into this, 96 days, and you can't even have the decency to reach into the catacombs of your own fucking imagination to tell me about what you thought Nick Cage did well in this film. Unbelievable. I will let you into a little industry secret, mate, as I've done it for the last 95 days as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's taking you this long to pick up on it. I'm staring at that exact fucking blurb you just spewed at me out your asshole on my screen right now. And I you want me to be disgusted nice to the guy? at your lack of dedication, not only to me and the project, but your lack of manners basic manners you're putting to nick when you're specifically meant to be nice to him i've just given three months of my life to watching films i haven't enjoyed and you want to talk to me about dedication and you want you've specifically made a segment of this of me being nice to someone i don't want to be nice to then i'm giving it back the exact amount of respect given <laughs> and i when you ask me to be nice to nicky do not expect me to read you anything but the goof section of IMDb for the film in question. <laughs> this whole film was 90 minutes of goof section. Yeah, I'm surprised. The goof, I thought the goose was going to give me a little bit more on this one. No, because no one cares enough about this film to even watch it with that much detail. You, they probably hired someone to put in those goofs on IMDb to make it feel a bit more legitimate. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can really pull up on this now that you're not going to call me out for So um... there was a scene in this that I it really the scene that best sums up both Nick Cage's character Joe or Frank or whatever he was fucking called in this the scene that best describes Nick Cage's character and just the whole film's treatment of this is they've boarded the ship the killer is on there he's been tied up on the lower deck and Nick Cage is there in the cafeteria and he's having some food we see him absolutely outrageously munching down on some corn on the cob and talking with his mouth full and he's basically saying like who's this guy you've brought onto the ship with all the high security I'm American I demand to know and the fella in charge of looking after him says, that's classified. So Kate says, classify this and flips him off with his middle finger. I love that bit. And he's literally the guy's just like, I can't believe this guy's sworn at me. I'm going to tell him everything. Okay, here's everything. <laughs> yeah. Here's all of the details about this character, the plot, why we should possibly care. All of the ex... Oh, it's fucking <laughs> so bad. 
Ah, oh, just like that. I felt like the film was giving me the middle finger right back, just to be like, right, we can't be bothered to write in a clever way that you should learn this through any backstory. Let's just give you a minute of exposition where we'll explain everything to you, the stupid fucking audience, to this stupid fucking character played by stupid fucking Nick Cage. Do you want to hear a review of this film that I think yeah, might change please. your mind on some bits? Mm. I'll try and find a couple for you that I think we can really come up with this. Um, J. Brendan K wrote about this um he's probably in the same boat as us because he only wrote this a few days ago (laughs) (laughs) well i suppose this is like a new film this film was probably released under a year ago yeah shocking and if you just stop me if there's any bits that you think are are, are wrong or any bits you'd like to add on to so right this review is titled worst nick cage film ever Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> incorrect, I will add. That is incorrect. Yeah, I'm completely incorrect. This person, they've, they only started watching Nick Cage last month. Yeah, Stop yeah. that. They're, Everything... they're doing their podcast in reverse order. <laughs> Respect. They'll have a better time. Yeah, probably. Everything about this film was unrealistic. <laughs> I, I, and I have... <laughs> yeah, I mean, for starters, don't you know that leopards have a fantastic sense of smell? Jaguars, but you know we'll we'll move on. Yeah. If you if you want to quickly open up the uh, IMDb goofs page, mate, it might help you out. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, immediately when you came into this film, Ben, when you saw the the taglines for Primal, and you saw there was going to be an assassin, a set, and a load of <laughs> a big game hunter and a load of wild animals on a boat, all hunting each other. Were you expecting realism? Uh, <laughs> gritty, realistic, grounded on planet Earth. Everything about this film was unrealistic. Wow. First of all, zoo animals from most nations are not captured. Okay. <laughs> Which, that's not the unrealistic point I'd start on. Perhaps they obviously had to be first. Yeah, I got, this guy's just got a hard-on for zoos. Let's skip forward. Yep. I have enjoyed other films with Nick Cage. Seems like a lie. But I think his career might be coming to a close. Attempt at typecasting, usage of uh, Michael Imperioli, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but he's just put in brackets, terrific actor, and usage of a female actor to play the Navy chick in charge. I don't know why why this guy has used that terminology to even just degrade it even further, to be like, Navy chick. (laughs) J. Brendan K, come on now. Just to slightly chime in quickly, yeah, Femke Jansen, who is the only female character in all of this with any dialogue, she is like an admiral. She's like a Navy official and is there to be respected, but immediately they can't wait to strip her of all of her power and pretty much close in this and put her in a crazy push-up jar. I mean, this is... This is Jean Grey from the X-Men films. Have some fucking respect. Well, this guy this guy goes on to maybe not have that respect that you were hoping. Um, again, he's going to... As usage of female actor to play the Navy chick in charge. I can't go over that line. Unbelievable. And he's put in, in brackets here. In reality, it would be male SP and US Marines. I can say this because I am a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know why I find it so funny that a veteran, a war veteran, has watched Primal a couple of weeks ago and is upset because it's unrealistic because they've used a female actor to play, his words, Navy chick in charge. Oh my God. He goes on to describe this as amongst the most insipid movies I have ever seen. This man did not 
give his time and his life for his country to be disrespected on screen like this by fucking Jean Grey running around in a tank top. <laughs> Well, look, that was, um, I did a search for uh, the, the one-star reviews, you know? So I think it's only fair that we, we, we bring out a 10-star t- review here. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> um, it doesn't appear to be any. <laughs> yeah, what did I expect there? What did I expect there? That completely serves me right. There's there there's a couple, but there's nothing. Um, it just seems like a couple of people that really want to shag Nick Cage. But there's always something about positive. Re- you always kind of know what you're going to get with a negative review because you're just getting someone's angry. That's just they've just watched something they didn't like and they've made an account specifically to hate on something. Yes, they got enough is enough. What I, this is what I hate about positive reviews, right? It's because it's always these people that oversell something to try and like. I'm going to launch my review, uh, my, my, my career as like a, a movie reviewer by making this account on IMDb and giving all this shit 10 fucking stars and trying to justify it. And they make these really fucking serious... And they must realise the joke's on them at the end. Because, like, what is... The, if you... I can understand why people would enjoy Primal. I really can. I didn't hate watching it. It's, it's bad, but I, ha- I at no point hated watching it. I thought it was quite fun. You're not going to give it 10 stars. I give this... If I was being really generous, if I was if I was reviewing this on IMDb, I'd give it 6 stars. If I was reviewing this on Rotten Tomato, I'd give it 40%. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, in the stand, double standard there between the two platforms. Yeah, yeah the, the, the full double standards where it's on IMDb, so you have to be at least 20% nicer. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think it was... A good film, but listen, it was entertaining enough. And maybe listen, I think if you and I sat side by side, knee to knee, sipping a couple beers and watching this together, I think we would have had a great time. But the fact that I was sat alone on a Friday morning, <laughs> obligated to watch this thing, oh, put me in a foul mood and did not really set me up for tomorrow. Well, now, today. Well, yeah, it'll be today. Let's let, let's really talk. Well, do, do we want to talk about cage match before anything else, and then we can talk about today because today's going to be a big one. Today is going to be a big one. I'm not excited for it. What was I going to say? How end that sentence? Right. Anyway, it's time for cage match. <laughs> um, we're going to see Red Miller from Mandy. You know the drill. Take on Frank Walsh from Primal. Mr. Walsh. Let's let's start with strength. The Walsh of Wall Street. Let's start with strength. I, the only moment, really, we see some very ham-fisted stage fighting in this that looked like, it looked kind of like drama schooly, as in like, I'll block a punch this side, and then you'll block a punch this side, and then yeah. we'll rock backwards and forwards. I think they even did the classic, like the bald fist on top of the head pretending to pull the hair move. But the, he, the, the majority of the fights that happen for, in the favour of Frank, he wins not via strength. So I can't back him on this, especially not against Red Miller. Well, I don't know. I think you could, I think you could play in that he... He uses his weapons and expertise to his advantage. This is a man that hunts with blow darts and poisons. I put that in hugely for agility, though. Interesting. Well, the guy can literally catch animals, and he catches the main guy in a trap. You know what I mean? He's he's more agile than he is strong. I mean, I'd in say. a in a fist fight as well. At the end, Nick Nick bites. Really, Nick bites. Yeah, he's he's fighting a guy that's half tranquilized and still mostly getting punched in the face repeatedly. I mean, that's dangerous. What if you got the tranquilizer in you? 
Come on, Frank. Sort it out. There, there is literally a Crocodile Dundee knife fight at the end. Yeah, that was very sick. It reminded me of that bit at the end of Commando with um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Is that... You call that a knife? No. What did he say? Did he say some cool stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously he does. He's, he's, I believe his name is John Matrix in that film. <laughs> and he's, he's fighting a guy called Bennett. And he's an Australian guy, and it's set in the future, so obviously all of the bad guys are Australian and wear chainmail. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. I've got wow. to say, I'd, I'd highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. But, it sounds uh, like a very good time. It's the moment where uh, they're about to have a fight with with, uh, with knives, and like he's, he gives it the bigs like, "Put down the knife, fight me like a man," kind of thing. I don't know if the exact quote, but then like you got Bennett going, oh, "I don't need no knife. Oh, I don't need it." <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing. And then he ends up like driving a pipe through him, which lets off a whole load of steam. Naturally, it it is an outrageous. It's an outrageous film. What I'm trying to say is that Red Miller from from Mandy would absolutely batter Frank. Yeah, you're probably right. One last note for Frank though, before he probably takes out, is we do see at the end where somehow out of nowhere, seemingly he has. And actually, another point to Frank, he can summon a parrot at will, wherever, which could be useful in a, a combat situation. You never know. But I feel like it's the other way around with the parrot more summons Frank. Like The <laughs> parrot doesn't seem to abide by anyone's rules. He at the is... end of this, uh, Cage somehow has this like combat bow and arrow that he seems to stand pulling the string back on for like five minutes. And I don't know if you've had much <laughs> archery experience, Dan. Uh, I've used a bow and arrow one time where I went to a house party and someone had set up this sounds like a wild party yeah yeah right that's a, a recipe for disaster but I it was great fun and uh, well this is a good uh, platform to brag about it as ever I took one shot and hit the bullseye and have retired from bow and arrows ever since <laughs> undefeated that's very sick yeah I felt awesome and everyone saw it and it was fucking weird yeah under, undefeated retired champion and my girlfriend was there oh mate you didn't even have to throw a coke in at anyone's face and if I had done it would have been extremely accurate would have blinded them <laughs> Look, let's call this what it is. Um, I'm going to call this one all. Yeah. So I don't think we need to go into agility. We see Red Miller fall off a quad bike. We see Frank Walsh capture one of the rarest animals ever. Yes, yeah, despite being such a cocky asshole about yeah, it. Yeah, despite being a total prick, according to uh, IMDb goofs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about where it starts to really count. Let's go with appearance. Appearance is an interesting one because yeah, because I, Mandy is mm. like. It's unbelievable how sick that film looks, but this one is just straight jokes the whole way through. It's like someone wanted to make John McClane meets Indiana Jones. Right, yeah, that's perfect. With like just yeah, the little peppering of Steve Irwin. God rest his soul. It's just it, it's completely ridiculous the whole way through. And like he has these different outfit changes, but then just settles on this just just filthy look. Like it's just he is gross in this. Film. Yeah, he, he's rank, and as discussed, you can like basically smell him through the screen. But he does have a colourful parrot that can join him at any moment, and that is a hell of an accessory. That's the most dominant accessory we've seen so far. Absolutely, it has to be. I mean, between between that and his uh, his blow dart gun as well. When he's wearing that, he's got a little strap for it. Ooh. Oh, tofu's back. Someone's on getting jealous of the parrots. Oh, tofu! It's been it's been ninety ninety five days since her last appearance. Yeah, she's she's decided to join us for the end to check in. That's seconds. very thoughtful. This is a tricky one. This is trickier than I thought it was going to be. Red has a hell of a look. He's got a diverse portfolio. He's got great accessories with his practical sunglasses he uses to forge his amazing, beautiful, wonderful axe at the end there. And he 
makes his own armor. I love the the upcycling this guy is doing. He's very fashion forward in that way. However, I think I think as far as my favorite one, it's going to be red. But I think there's there's still a lot to offer from from Frank. But I just don't know. It does it doesn't make it for me. Yeah, just because he's they're both dirty but in different ways. Actually, I don't know. That's hard to say because obviously by the end, red is covered in blood, filthy. It's it's a look. Yeah, but the thing is, at no point does he he's if anything filthier. Than Frank, but at no point does he look like he would smell like actual feces. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yes. Whereas I, I can't get on board with Frank, and um, let, let's call that two one and move yeah, to likability, which I think is going to be the end of this guy. Yeah, because, because I don't care how much he turns his life around at the end. The guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's non-stop rude to everybody. He bites in a fight. Yeah, he is like he seems to really care for his animals, which is sweet. But that's only because of his self-interest, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, he's only interested in keeping them to sell him. You can't really care for animals that you've just shot with a blow dart and launched on a fucking tanker. Right. You know what I mean? That's not. Nah. I'm I'm giving this Mandy as, as a free one. Yeah, and it's, if, it, if it came to Cage, it's going four one. Absolutely. Yeah, I this think he was is very very generous to give him strength. To be honest, weak Cage on display. So let's in the film let's primal. go on to talk about what's going to be the final Cage match. Oh my where we god! We have well, Red actually, Miller. let's let's not call it the final Cage match. Well, no, but it's as far as the final Canon Cage match, and then we'll right. probably do a couple of uh, exhibition matches. Yeah. We're going to see Red Miller from Mandy taking on Walter from the Grand Isle. What do you know about Grand Isle? I know that it was the last film that Nicolas Cage has starred <laughs> in that has been released, which is like genuinely quite, quite crazy, really. If I was to tell you that it's one hour 37 minutes of action, thriller and magician's hair. <laughs> I'd say it sounds like a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll give you a quick synopsis of this. A young father is charged with murder and must prove his innocence by recalling a very twisted and dark night of events. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this right now. I'm not excited about this at all. Yeah, yeah, I can um, smell it from here. If we were to go off of the generic kind of ratings, Primal gets oh. a 4.8 out of 10 from uh, IMDb, okay. whereas Grand Isle comes in with a 4.5. So you're in for something potentially worse. Same shit, different day is an expression that I've heard used a lot by other people for various things, including during this quarantine. But <laughs> I don't think that's become... I've, I've, got, I've got something for you. Grand Isle is the first Nicolas Cage movie... If you're watching them backwards, yes. Is it the first Nicolas Cage movie to score a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes since Deadfall? And it's described as a 90s erotic thriller. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I can't tell you how much I don't want to watch it. This feels like a finishing blow from Cage to us. Mm, I hope there aren't any finishing blows in it. Let's oh, God. try and... Dan, I think a good way in order to round this off. Recently, we... I Definitely speaking personally here... Doing this show has become a lot harder this last week. I am not having a good time doing it and I will watch it in the morning and it won't be till the following afternoon we discuss it and that distance between those two is excruciating because I have to carry... Let's get this one done today. Yes, let's Let, both synchronise watches and then synchronise watching and watch this thing in tandem and roll straight into it so we can rip off the plaster a bit more effectively. It feels like the right way to do things. Similar to how we did the first episode, let's let, let's let's finish the final film as we began. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. We obviously have a couple more 
little obstacles along the way before we finally reach that finish line. Yeah, we're, we're going to hit a couple of bits that will become clear when we work out what on earth they are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this will be the last canon Nick Cage film, which I can't believe I'm fucking saying that. Yeah, man. This like, will all be over in a matter of hours. Let's ben. save the outpour for, yeah, once we've experienced it. But I I'm, 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 can't wait to be... I can't wait to have it in the rear view. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, I'll, I'll chat to you later. All right, Dan. <laughs> See you later, mate. Buy some stickers. Right. Bye. you made it to the bit after the music at the end look at you here's a quick note just to say that we do have uncaged merch available now we've got sticker packs there's four great designs two of which are shiny and all of the money raised is going to a really important charity called sari the link to where you can get them is in the episode description that's it now go about your business